Nice to see you all. So, um, welcome to the beginning of Kartik. So, we can begin. Om Jnana Timurandasya Jnana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shigurave Nama Shri Chaitanya Manobishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Svayam Rupa Kadamahyam Dadati Svapadantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yutta Parakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavangscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatan Vitam Thang Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakhan Vitangscha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swamin Itinamine Namaste Sarasvati Devi Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Paschatyadeshatarine Vancha Kalpatarubhyascha Kripa Sindhubhya Evacha Patitanam Pavanevyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Nama he Krishna Karana Sindhu Dinabandu Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gorangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Rishavanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gauravakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Nama Sreshtam Manumapi Satchiputram Matrasarupam Rupam Tasyagrajam Ruparim Goshtavim Goshtavatim Radha Kundam Girivaramaho Radhika Madhava Samprapto Yasya Pratita Kripaya Shri Gurung Tangnatosmi so welcome to Saturday Sangha broadcasting from Poland, from foggy Poland. 
nice to see you all. Welcome back. Uh, I hope you had good week. Nice uh, devotional week. Today we're celebrating the beginning of Kartik. Does it start officially today or tomorrow? I don't know. Let's say it's today. Um, and there's a Purnima, Sharad Purnima. There are two, I think. There's one in the beginning, one in the end of the month. And it's a good time if you happen to be in Vrindavan to circumambulate Govardhan Hill. Uh, people do this by the by the thousands, uh, through the night, by moonlight. Quite some sight to see. And uh, if you can't make it for that in person, then there's always Manasa Puja. Um, and today we can do... Well, let's see if we come to it. I just thought we'll start with some discussion of Damodar Lila. Mm. And uh, we have, I think, a couple of devotees to say something. There's a question, I believe, and a suggestion. And uh, we also have... Another surprise guest. Da -da 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 -da. Special guest. And uh, that will be around one hour from now, just under one hour from now. Um, and uh, we have our translation going okay. I see Daityasha's in his place. Busily <laughs> translating Jai, and we have Kavichandra plugged in. Yeah, so very good. So we're going to start with our song um, from Sharanagati of Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur. We are continuing with... Mm, Avasharakibe Krishna Vishvasa Palana, song number three. Um, I will first go through the translation. We'll go through the song and again the translation with the Bengali a little bit. Surrendering to you, lifted from me the burden of false pride. No longer will I try to secure my own well-being. O oh Lord, I am confident of your protection, for like one of your cows or calves, I am your tre treasured property. O oh Madhava, I see you leading your herds to pasture, on the banks of the Yamuna, you call to them by gently playing your flute. 
by slaying giant demons such as Uga and Baka. You will always provide full protection, O Gokula Khan. Fearless and confident of your protection, I will drink the water of the Yamuna. The Kaliya serpent's venom poisoned the Yamuna's waters, yet that poison will not act. You will purify the Yamuna and by such heroic deeds enhance our faith. You who are called Govinda and Gopala will surely protect me by swallowing the forest fire. When Indra, king of the gods, sends torrents of rain, you will counteract his malice and protect us by lifting the mighty Govardhan hill. When the four-headed Brahma steals your cowherd boyfriends and calves, <clears throat> then, too, you will surely protect me, O Gokula Hari. <clears throat> Bakati Vinod is now the property of Gokula. Your holy abode, O Keshava, kindly protect him with care. All right, let's see what we can do with this. Atma Samar Panegila Abhiman Nahi Korobun Nija Rakavidan Atma Samarpan Gila Abhiman Nahi Korobun Nija Rakavidan Tuadan Janni Tuhun Rakobina Alja Godan Gyan Kori Tuasha Tuadan Janni Tuhun Rakobina Alja Godan Gyan Kori Tuasha Chara obi madhava jamuna tire bamshi bajato dak bamshi bajato dak kobi tire chara chara obi madhava jamuna tire Ram Shiva Jau Tak Obi Dire Agabaka Marato Raka Lida Karo 
Karo Koro Bisada Tun Gokula Khan Agabaka Marato Raka Vida Koro Bisada Tun Gokula Khan Raka Koro Bitun Nischoijan Anna Korobun Hama Jamuna Pani Raka Korovitun Nischoid Jani Anna Korobun Ham Jamuna Pani Kaliadoka Korobi Vinasha Shodhobi Nadijala Bada Bada Obiasha Kaliyadoka Korobi Nasha Shodhobi Nadijala Bada Obiasha Piyato Davanala Rakobi Moy Gopal Govinda Nam Tavahoy Piyato Davanala Rakobimo Gopal Govinda Nam Tavahoy Surapati Durmati Nashavichar Rakobi Varshane Girivaradhari Surapati Durmati Nasha Vichari Rakobi Varshane Girivaradhari Surapati Chata Chatur Ananna Korabo Jabchori Raka Korobi Muje Gokula Hari Chatur Ananna Korabo Jabachori Raka Korobi Muje Gokula Hari Vakati Vino Tua Gokula Dan Rako Bikeshava Korato Jatan Vakati Vino Tua Gokula Dan Rako Bikeshava and one more time. Atmas samarpane gila abhimana nahi korobun nija shraka vidana Atmas armapane gila abhimana nahi korobun Nijaraka Vidana.
Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna Krishna, Krishna, Hare, Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, 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 Hare, Hare, Hare Bo, Hare Bo, Hare Bo, Gaur Hare Bo. Nitai go, Hare go, Hare go, Hare go, go, Hare go. Surrendering to you lifted from me the burden of false pride. No longer will I try to secure my own well-being. Atma samarpane gela abhima. Gela is past tense. Third person, it went. Abhiman, what has gone? My abhiman, my pride. Uh, and what is the pride? Thinking that I can protect myself. Raka. Nahi korobuni jaraka. Vidan. I will no longer try to protect myself. Nijaraksha. <clears throat> oh Lord, I'm confident of your protection. For, like one of your cows or calves, I am your treasured property. Tua dan jani, and that's with the apostrophe, so it's janiya. So knowing that I am your uh, your treasure, dana, tuhun rakobi, you will protect rakshobi, O Lord, nata. Palya godan gyan, knowing uh, that you are protecting your uh, cow treasures, godana. Uh, to a sat sat I'm not sure with you maybe uh, third line O Madhava I see you leading your herds to pasture on the banks of the Yamuna 
you call to them by gently playing your flute. <laughs> Charaubi Madhava Jamuna Tire. Um, so, O Madhava Charaubi, I will go. Jamuna uh, Tire to the bank of the Yamuna. Bamsi Bajaoto. You will play, I guess that's third person future. You will play uh, your bamchi, your your bamboo flute. Dakobi dire. Hmm, but that's okay, that's third future. Dak means to call. <clears throat> so you will uh, dire, you will gently call. Um, by playing on your flute. And Agabaka Marata Rakavidan Korobi Sada Tuhun Gokul Khan. By slaying giant demons such as Aga and Baka, you will always provide full protection. O Gokula Khan. Rakavidan is protection. Uh, Agabaka, the demons, Agas, Agasura and Bakasura. Marato, killing. Korobi, you will. When? Sada, always. Uh, to whom? You, Gokula Kana. Oh, oh, dear one of Gokula. Raka korobi tuhun is choi jani. Fearless and confident of your protection. Nis choi means confident or certain. So and jani knowing, knowing certainty of that raksha your protection karobi will be. You will do. Pan korobun. Ham jamuna pani. I will drink. I will do the drinking of the water of the Yamuna. <laughs> Nowadays we hesitate uh, with pollution of the Yamuna, but Bhaktivinoda uh, is expressing confidence also in the water purity of the water in relation to Kaliya in the next verse Kaliya Doka Korobi Vinasha the Kaliya serpent's venom poisoned the Yamuna's waters yet that poison that poison will not act Mm. so destruction Vinasha Korobi you will you are doing you will do. Kaliadoka mm. possibly means poison. Doka. Shodobi, uh, you will purify. Nadijal, the water of the river. Bada ubi asha. Enhance, you will expand. Bada ubi, you will make. Stronger, greater, Asha, our hope. It's translated here as faith. Seventh verse, 
you who are called Govinda and Gopal will surely protect me by swallowing the forest fire. Piyato davanala rakobi moi. So piyato uh, means to swallow, to drink. You will drink. Uh, what will he drink? The dava anala, the fire of the forest. Rakobi, so you will protect me. Gopal Govinda Nama Tavahoy. Your name is Gopal and Govinda. Surapati Durmati Nasha Vichari. When Indra, king of the gods, sends torrents of rain, Surapati, <clears throat> you will counteract his malice. Durmati uh, Nasha. Oh, his malice is Durmati. Mati is mentality. Dur is bad, so bad mentality. Nasha, uh, destruction. Vicharya, hmm. thinking about, reflecting. Um, uh, and protect us by lifting the mighty Govardhan hill. Rakobi Varshane Girivaradhari. You are the lifter of Govardhan hill and you will protect Rakobi Varshane in the rain. When the four headed Brahma steals your cowherd boyfriends and calves, uh, Jub is when. Chatur Anana, four heads, Karobi, Chori, uh, will steal. Raka Korobi Muje, Gokula Hari. Then too, you will surely protect me, O Gokula Hari. Mm. And finally, Bhaktivinod, Bhaktivinod Takur, is now the property of Gokula. Tua Gokula Dan. He is Dan can mean wealth, can mean property. Your holy abode, Gokula Dan. O Keshava, Rakobi Keshava, Korato Jatan. O Keshava, kindly protect him with care. Jatan is effort. So, Mm, Rakobi. He will protect Karato. I don't know that form with the T O and Karato. So, uh, what's interesting I find in this song, and this is, uh, we'll see this also in um, more songs, is this pattern. Bhaktivinoda Thakur is becoming more and more from one song to the next. Uh, we can say intimate. He is more, now he's entering in Vrindavan and he's anticipating being with Krishna and he's anticipating Krishna's pastimes in Vrindavan. Uh, fully confident, it's, it's very much in the future tense, Krishna, you will kill these demons, you will purify 
the Yamuna River, you will uh, defeat Kaliya, and so on. Uh, so Bhaktivinoda Thakur is describing himself as being participant in the pastimes of the Lord now. And so it's no longer so abstract, uh, it's, it's more concrete, but it's also, it's also anticipation, it's, all, it's in the future. Krishna, of course, we understand, he performs his pastimes um, nitya uh, constantly, and so if Krishna is, has uh, destroyed these various demons in the past, he can do it again. And this is the inspiration of the devotees. Srila Bhaktivinoda Ki Jai Hare Krishna So, Dharma Gopta. Hare Krishna, Maharaj. Hare Bo. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, we don't have any uh, devotees sign up yet for a, a show and tell. So maybe if someone from devotees uh, right now in the meeting feels inspired to share something. Well, to... I see right next to you <laughs> <laughs> is... Oh, oh, Daria Chandrika, back in Dubai. And I think you wanted to make one suggestion, wasn't it? Yes, Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj, and Hare Krishna to all devotees. Uh, yes, Guru Maharaj, I want to, I mean, like a suggestion, because um, uh, when I was doing this show and tell and sharing our project, secret project, uh, project about Club 16, uh, chant um, all rounds in one go. So the response was really very uh, amazing. Many of you um, responded like, wow, that's amazing. I would also like to do it. Can I join the club and those kind of things? So um, from there, the idea came that why not to open another club 16 for this month because tomorrow Kartik starts. So suggestion is, or I can even I can say invitation for all of you. And if I be, can be humbly Guru Maharaj, I would also invite you if you'd like to join the club to chant in that Kartik month, um, uh, 16 rounds in one go. Uh, do it together in a sense, uh, the same rule as we have, uh, like we do it. And then in the evening we write and re report about the experience or some inspiration for the next day, something like that. Um, and I would like to um, invite devotees, those who would like to join. Uh, I, would, I, will, I will put uh, my email address on the chat. So those who would like to be part of, you can write to me and sign in. And it's very, um, it's very, uh, how to say, um, ins inspirational. And uh, even though it's a Kartik month, which is a very merciful, merciful month, it's also 
much more easier to chant in a group. Um, it's not that we will chant together in the same time, but you know, to chant in a day. Uh, because even though yeah, if I have a struggle or I don't have a taste or something like that, I know that there's devotees which I'm together with them. So it helps that support so much. And the month, it goes like, um, really, it, uh, I mean, it was successful, like I already shared. So if anyone wants to be part of, definitely most welcome. And like I said, I will put my email address there. And if someone wants to sign in, we will start tomorrow. Um, it's very simple, just two minutes, few sentences. And if you don't make it in one day, for example, it's nothing wrong. It's everything. It's okay. We will be friends still. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's very supportive um, to be in a group and to do this. And it's open for Matajis and Prabhus and I mean, whoever wants. So yeah, this is my suggestion or invitation. Also for sannyasis. Yes, Guru Maharaj, this would be the best inspiration for all of us. I think everyone will join. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I will try. Wonderful. I think it'll be possible. <clears throat> I don't think I'm going anywhere, so that's usually the, the issue is, you know, traveling and this and that, but... Looks like I'm I am where I am for this month. So it should be possible. Wow. Thank you so much, Guru Maharaj. Thank you. <clears throat> okay. Uh, good. Now I guess there was also um, from the other Chandrika, Mangala Chandrika, I think there was some question no did you want to i see you're here i'm here <laughs> Hare Krishna, Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Um, yeah i can i can ask the question i i got inspired last week i was some thoughts were coming up so i thought i could ask guru Maharaj. it's always nice to hear from you <laughs> some input um so i can ask it here maybe um, we can have some more input um the question about nine processes of devotional service. Um, so recently I heard um, in a class how uh, the, the nine processes of devotional service are as if they're nested. So meaning uh, the basis would always be Shravanam. This is like a starting point. So when we hear, we can start to um, then um, chant and we can then start to meditate and serve and so on. Um, so basically with Shravanam, um, then the Kirtanam would come and Kirtanam would include Shravanam. So this was the first time I heard it and I was kind of um, intrigued. Uh, I think it's and a then nice also in the Japa, um, Japa affirmations um, by Mahatma Prabhu, we read how um, I mean, chanting actually includes all the nine other nine processes of devotional service. It's hard to imagine how we would do quite far any of... <laughs> it's quite Potent. They um, if any of the eight that, processes so after Shravanam without their first being Shravanam. <laughs> How would you know uh, to do anything without first hearing? Isn't it? So uh, certainly in that case, 
we want to say first hearing and then chanting. And um, and yeah, there is, I would say there is a sense that they build on each other. Um, and at the, at the same time, I think several times Srila Prabhupada would say that one can attain perfection by any one, any single one of the processes. And, um, and this reminds me that at least one devotee, maybe more than one, but... Um, hmm his name. Uh, there was a devotee in Vrindavan, uh, something Chaitanya, I'm forgetting now. He was the cook. And he was a very good cook. Uh, he was uh, very dear to Srila Prabhupada. He may have been from Bengal also, I'm not sure. But he was uh, for quite a long time, he was cooking all of the offerings for the deities. And Srila Prabhupada told him, you just cook. That's, that's your service. You don't have to do anything else. You don't have to chant. <laughs> of course, his the thing was, his cooking was his chanting. He was so absorbed. Uh and and so so that's that's one example where he actually gave that blessing <clears throat> to the to that devotee just focus on that service not that generally Prabhupada wouldn't do that he would say first 16 rounds <laughs> and then other activities Um, so, and then the point of mm, all of the all of the practices being contained within the chanting of the holy name is also a nice meditation. Um, of course, what is the chanting? We are addressing Krishna, and as we're addressing Krishna, we are begging for service. And we are, we can say, communing. Uh, I think the Christians use that word. Uh, we are communing with Krishna. It's not just communication, like, it's like really connecting, connecting with Krishna through his names. Uh, which reminds me if... Um, if Madai Jivan were here, he could get one book for me, or I could get it anyway. It's just a little out of reach. Um, I would share with you uh, half a page I read today from Satsuruptas Goswami, very interesting meditation on chanting. Uh, let's see, <clears throat> maybe later. Um, 
Yeah, that's what comes to my mind. I I would say the the nine processes they you know, they complement each other. Um I always remember in the very early days <laughs> out on the street distributing books. Uh I would get some inspiration to as I would distribute a book that, oh, I really want to read this book now. And then I found that from reading, uh, I became inspired, oh, I really want to distribute this book. Especially Ishapanishad and Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> uh, so they, comp the, they all complement each other, I would say. Uh, but we could also we could reflect on each of the nine processes in relation to chanting uh, and we can think of how chanting the holy name is expanded by by each one in particular ways of course with with chanting, the the holy name is certainly the, uh, hearing because um, it is uh, the the first and foremost instruction is to hear our chanting. <laughs> so we don't want to we don't want to chant and ignore the the sound. We want to chant and hear the sound. And as as for prayers, vandanam, we can say the holy name is the essential prayer because it is addressed directly to the Lord in the simplest of way, as Prabhupada would say, like a child calling for its mother. Simple, simple and straightforward and... Without pretension, we heard with Bhaktivinoda Thakur, we saw this in his song, um, Abhiman, uh, without Abhiman. <clears throat> what was that? Atma samarpane gela abhiman. Yeah, we want our abhiman to to go. And actually, yes, in this song, Bhaktivinodakur is giving us a nice hint about how our abhiman, our uh, thinking ourselves something that we are not, can thoroughly go, namely atma samarpana, uh, by surrendering to the Lord, and that is the ninth of the nine processes. Atmani Vedana or Atma Samarpana, kind of the same thing. Giving ourselves completely to the Lord. So that's 
that's there. And in this way, I think we could we could go on uh, finding how they are interrelated and how they um, how the different sorts of service complement each other. Um, is that okay? Thank you so much, Gurmach. I just had one um, thought. Uh, recently, I heard a um, little class by Yamuna Mataji, Prabhupada's Yamuna, and uh -huh. she was speaking about Vandanam, how actually we should put so much emphasis on Vandanam before chanting, because this can uh -huh. actually inspire our japa unlimitedly. And she was mm. sharing how in Sharanagati they started to chant these um, prayers to the holy name, uh, it mm. starts with Tribanga Bhangima na Rupam. Um, mm. And there's a couple of prayers like that, which are very beautiful and short. And um, they were performing this practice before chanting. And it really, really empowered the whole community, basically, of Sharanagati village um, to chant together and meditate. Uh, we might um, have this prayer here. Let's see. Mm, that that verse is not here, but I can send the link nice to this um, in the chat also, and um, I can send the link to this class um, by Munamata Goswami. Okay, Tunde Tandavini Ratim Vitanote Tundavali Labdaye Karna Kroda Kadambini. Gatayate Karnarbudebya Spriham Cheta Prangana Sangini Vijayate Sarvendriyanam Kritin No Jane Janita Kiyadbir Amritai Krishna Tivarna Tvai I do not know how much nectar the two syllables Krishna have produced. When the holy name of Krishna is chanted, it appears to dance within the mouth. We then desire many, many mouths. When that name enters the holes of the ears, we desire many millions of ears. And when the holy name dances in the courtyard of the heart, it conquers the activities of the mind and therefore all the senses become inert. Mm, there's a... Useful instruction, practical instruction. When the holy name dances in the courtyard of the heart, then the mind's, uh, the mind's activities will be conquered. So there's the secret. Get the holy name dancing in the courtyard of your heart and 
Everything will be nice. Okay, I want to... Um, I think I may have read this once some months ago. But I want to read it again. This is a translation of one of Surdas's poems or songs in Brajabhasha about Krishna. Uh, this is also, I quoted this in my book on cows, except the publisher said that I was not allowed to quote the whole, um, the whole poem for legal reasons. So I could only quote a very small portion. This is um, for 12, 16, 17 lines. I'll try to do this slowly for our translators. This is one of my favorites. This is a book of, uh, of poetry of Surdas. Notice how thick it is. This is all Surdas poetry uh, with the uh, uh, the Vasa on the left side and English on the right side. This is done done by John Stratton Holly. Jack Holly is a friend, uh, very nice person, very amazing translator uh, of uh, Rajabhasa. Okay. <clears throat> Gopal is furtively eating butter. Look, my friend, what a bright shimmer streams from the dusk-toned body of Sham. With drop after drop that was churned from curd trickling down his face to his chest as if the moon rained lovely bits of nectar on lovers approaching from below. His hand lends grace to the face beside it and flashes forth as if the lotus had dropped its feud, its fight, with the moon. The, the moon and the lotus are always competing in poetry for who is more beautiful. And come forth bearing gifts. So the lotus has surrendered and the lotus of the hand has surrendered to the moon face of Krishna, bearing gifts. Look how he's risen to peer from his lair, from his hiding place, like a lion. To look around on every side with wary eye, watchful eye, he scans the scene and then he cheerfully feeds his friends. Seeing Sur's lord in his boyish fun, the maidens start 
weakened until their hearts are lost to speech. Thought after thought after thought. Yeah, this is... Uh, this is... Uh, this is Damodar. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of the... Uh, of the Brajbasa. <clears throat> it starts out Gu Gupala Gupaladu Gupaladure He Mashanushata Gupaladu Deshi Sashi Soba Jud Bani He Shama Mano Haragata Gupaladu Giri Giri Parata Bardanate or Par Drud Dadi Sutake Bindu Kupaladu Manahusubaga Sudakana Barashata Priyajana Agama Indu Priyajana Agama Indu Kupaladu and it goes on like that. Very sweet. That's Krishna's language, Prajabhasa. Okay. So, let's see. In just a few minutes, I think we have our guest appearing. Um, and... Some, maybe before that, just some sobering announcements. Um, well, I don't remember, but I think it wasn't before last. No, it would have been this time. Uh, we've been praying for Ananda uh, Kishori, uh, and uh, this last, was it Tuesday, she departed the world. And the good news we can say is that uh, it was a very peaceful departure with family members surrounding doing kirtan and with her holding tightly her shalagram shila, her gopal shalagram shila. So in a very, um, very conscious state up to the very end, she... Uh, has departed. So this was quite glorious. Um, yeah, Ananda Kishori was uh, one of the pillars of our Oxford Yatra, together with her family, very wonderful family, uh, have been all very supportive over many years now, um, doing so much uh, service, helping with the, uh, especially one of her favorite services was she and her husband, <clears throat> Nimish, <clears throat> doing, doing the cooking of our Wednesday, uh, Wednesday lunch at the Oxford Center for Hindu Studies every Wednesday during term a very popular event uh, in the small little kitchen in the office uh, they would do 
uh, many times they would do the cooking. Also hosting devotees at their home. Um, yeah, just always a very, very nice family. And and she comes from a family of devotees. Uh, they're from India uh, background originally, Gujarat. And she has, I forget now, nine or ten uh, siblings, brothers, mostly brothers, I think some sisters. And they're all devotees. <laughs> uh, it's quite an amazing family. In uh, recent years, we saw that she became very serious in studying Shastra, doing Bhakti Shastri, and then she had started with Bhakti Vaibhava. Um, and it's almost as if she had some premonition, some some idea uh, that her time was limited in the way that she became serious with her reading and chanting. So it was quite she she was giving nice example for for others. Um, also, um, I was quite shocked to hear that. Uh, His Holiness Bhakti Madhurya Govinda Maharaj, who is from America, from California, I think originally, uh, has been based in Punjabi Bagh, Delhi, for quite some years, I think, had an operation uh, which on his spine, and they knew there was a risk uh, that he could uh, uh, become disabled as a result and indeed that's what happened uh, so now he apparently has mm, has no uh, ability uh, to move legs or arms which is so I don't know if this is uh, hopefully not a permanent condition Yeah, and uh, we continue to pray for Sunandana in Split, and uh, there's a fundraising going on for him uh, for medicine, um, which is online. You can find out, I don't know, maybe one of you can give a link to that. Every little bit helps for that purpose. So it's... um, Almost time for our guest, and I'm wondering if she has appeared or not. It seems not. Yes, our guest speaker is ready, Guru Maharaj. Oh, okay. So then, let us proceed. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Ah, there you are. Hare Krishna. 
you are the mysterious guest speaker. <laughs> Her Grace Rukmini Devi Dasi Prabhvi. Thank you so much for joining us. Please accept our humble pranams. Thank you so much for allowing me to join your wonderful Thank group. you so much for joining us all the way from the wild west of Washington, D.C., right? Yes, we have some wild characters here right now. And Indeed. Some going on. <laughs> and it's a, it's a wild weekend, and um, the next few days are going to be more wild, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> Fortunately, you are there with your uh, good husband to purify the city. <laughs> Thank you. By your prayers. <laughs> so let me introduce you a bit, uh, Rukmini Mataji, because uh, many devotees here will not know who you are. Um, first, it may not be so proper, but um, I still want to connect you with your husband because he may be better known. <laughs> uh, Anuttama Prabhu is uh, the communications director for all of ISKCON, and Mother Rukmini uh, is Anuttama Prabhu's good wife. And um, Probably he would agree that you are the better half, right? He would be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And anyway, sometime we will have to have him also on, and then we can discuss. He would be honored. Um, so Mother Rukmini is one of the pioneers of the Krishna consciousness movement in America. Um, she, she. Uh, joined the devotees in in the very wild west, San Francisco, <laughs> in 1968. Uh, she uh, she was um, she was hardly out of how to say she was 16 years old at the time, <laughs> so not even not even really out of school. You dropped out of school, I guess, at that yes, time. Yes, I did, Maharaj. Wow. I actually, I actually left, left my home when I was 15, so I was quite wild in the Wild West. And actually, wow. the first thing Prabhupada said to me when the devotees, I came with the devotees who were on their way to London, I came with them to Montreal to meet Srila Prabhupada and get initiation. Yeah. And they said, this is... Srila Prabhupada, this is, no, it was Swamiji at that time. Swamiji, this is Wendy, and she would like, she's only 16 years old, and she would like to become your disciple. And the first thing Prabhupada said, he had a very compassionate, tender look in his eyes, and he said, but where are your parents? <laughs> so. And then... Yeah, and then your parents came for, or is it just your father came for the initiation? Yes. And um, we're very respectful of yeah. Srila Prabhupada. Actually, a beautiful story is that my, my father, um, 
had melanoma cancer and he was dying. Um, This is much later, I think in 1996. And he, he came up with a, a most beautiful appreciation of Srila Prabhupada that my father was from New York. And he said that Prabhupada came to New York to the very neighborhood where my father used to go and, and hang out with his friends. It was a kind of a bohemian hip area, even since 1896, wow. the Lower East Side. But my father in like 19, 19, early 1920s, he would go there wow. with his friends. And he said Prabhupada um, collected all these young people who wouldn't listen to anyone else. They wouldn't, we wouldn't <laughs> accept any authority, but somehow we accepted Srila Prabhupada. So. That was very auspicious for my father, for him to say that just before he left this world. Wow, that's nice. Um, I think you and I have one thing in common, aside from coming from the Wild West, uh, (laughs) is that we were both initiated within about two weeks of joining the devotees. That's true, yeah. (laughs) Amazing. That was the style then, right? If you could say who is the supreme personality of Godhead. And <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> Prabhupada did not Prabhupada did not even ask me what are the four regulative principles. <laughs> anyway. He just assumed that you would follow. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but I think he knew that I would, I wouldn't know how to answer, so he didn't want to embarrass me. <laughs> There's a beautiful story of another great Sanskritist, um, Kushakrata Prabhu. He was from mm. New York, and um, when he was initiated in New York, he was very introspective. And when he was intending that when Prabhupada would ask him the four regulative principles, he would answer in the order of which one he was attached to most. So when Prabhupada asked him that question, he told the story later, when Prabhupada asked him, what are the four regulative principles? He was hesitating. And uh, then Prabhupada was laughing and he said, which one do you like best? (laughs) (laughs) So then Prabhupada said, that's all right, don't do it again. But when I got initiated, maybe I should tell that story since we're on the topic of initiation. Yes, please. So when I was initiated, uh, Prabhupada had not told the story of Rukmini yet. Mm. Um, This was before the Krishna book. And he he told the story of Rukmini. And he said, you are a beautiful girl. And Krishna can accept any number of beautiful girls. So one day Krishna will kidnap you. And then he, he said, it was like he was injecting medicine, opening the heart to inject medicine. He said, you are a beautiful girl. And then he injected the medicine, the lifelong instruction. He said, now become more beautiful within also. Mm. So that is the mission of a lifetime. So I think you uh, following that instruction nicely. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> And uh, one way you've been following it is uh, by engaging with your husband in interreligious dialogue. Yes. 
And, and, and I, I was thinking this could be a nice topic uh, to hear from you, uh, something of your experience in discussion, because it's been several weeks now, but we started out, um, I guess I was still in India, that I was going through some of the material of uh, my seminar on interreligious dialogue for devotees. And then we moved on to something else, but I thought it'd be nice uh, for getting back to that subject um, just for this session, but in a much more, I think, relishable way, because I know that you uh, have had a lot more experience with this than I have. I've been more theoretical. <laughs> I read a lot of books, but you're actually meeting people. Um, I've had, of course, good fortune to participate, uh, what is it, two or three times now in um, South India with you and Anuttama Prabhu. But maybe you can take us back first to how this program uh, developed the Vaishnav Christian Dialogue uh, program in, in Washington. Well, I think maybe Maharaj, um... Thank you for asking me that. It's a it's a beautiful. Um, I think it's it's a beautiful worldview that I could say we we both share and many devotees share. But maybe it began in Wales, and perhaps you were there at the first one, and then it came to Boston, and then it came to Washington D.C. Were you uh -huh. were you present at, at the one in Wales? I not that I remember. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, thank you for that beautiful topic. And I, and I was thinking, you asked me if we could talk about this. And, and as I thought about it, I was thinking that actually life itself is an, is an inter-religious or interfaith dialogue. Because when I think about it, when I think about the, the tension between my lower self and my higher self, I think that the lower self um, wants a totalitarian regime <laughs> <laughs> and the higher self <laughs> or, or as I was reading through your um, your PowerPoint that you shared with me and, and uh, Kenneth Cracknell, who's been our partner in dialogue, talked about a monological proclamation as opposed to an interfaith or interreligious dialogue. So I think that the lower self wants a monological proclamation and the higher self is um is curious to hear and to learn and um yeah um curious to learn and and to um be willing to be changed the deep hearing is is defined as being willing to be changed so i think that would you know not just outside of iskan but i think it would benefit all of us within iskan if we if we shared that worldview, that um, I think we would have a more livable world and a, a more livable ISKCON. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, so to go back, um, I think the first one was, you know, the first one we had was in Boston, and then it moved to Washington, D.C., and we had some very, very, all along we've had some, really it's a, it's a conversation between practitioners, but also 
they're scholars of the of their traditions. And um, we really try to hear from each other in, in open ways. And um, Which year was that? Let me see. Well, it's gone on for, I think, 23 years in mm. Washington, D.C. So taking us back, I'm, I'm not sure, but Tamal Krishna um, Goswami was there. And uh, we had some very interesting people. Maybe I could share some stories from that one. Um, one man who's a, a scholar of uh, what they call new religious movements, Gordon Melton was there. Oh, Klaus, yeah. Kla wonderful man. Klaus Klostemeyer was there. And yes, if I, could I know just, him. Wonderful <laughs> people. And, um, and it, was, it was funny. Um, one of the requirements was that the eminent um, ISKCON people were sannyasis or gurus were not allowed to bring a servant. They had to come, <laughs> just come as you are, as an individual, <laughs> humble soul. And so there was one funny exchange where um, everyone was, you know, it was a very Spartan Catholic retreat center. And, and it was, my husband was saying to me, what is it about this place? It's just, it's so simple, but it's so nice. And I said to him, you know, it's being managed by a, a woman. And he said, <laughs> oh, that's it. You know, because there were these lovely little flower vases. Everything was just simple and very clean, but very Spartan and care to details. So when each person was arriving, they received their, their room and their sheets and their blanket, but the beds were not made. You had to do it yourself. And so Shonaka Rishi Prabhu was teasing Tamal Krishna Goswami, Maharaj, when was the last time you made your own bed? Do you, know how to do it? you even know how to do it? And Tamal Krishna Maharaj said, of course. And then he said, you know, he's very perfectionistic about things. And he said, yes, hospital corners. So he knew how to make a good bed. He'd learned from his German mother, I guess. And uh, <laughs> he showed us all how he knew how to make his own bed. <laughs> But to, to get back to the subject of dialogue, um, there was a very beautiful, um, something that G Gordon Melton shared, and he talked about his own life. He is from the, he's an American from the south of the United States, which is where there's really quite rampant prejudice, has always been since the time of the American Civil War, quite rampant prejudice against um, African people, African-American people who were formerly slaves. And so he told this story of how, I guess we were at each uh, at being asked, what brought you to this dialogue? Why, why dialogue? And he answered in such a beautiful way that I always remember. He said when he was in college, he, um, he went up to a, a black student, an African-American, one of his fellow students. And he said, I have a problem with you and I'm wondering if you can help me solve my problem. And this other young uh, student looked at him and said, well, what's your problem? And he said, my problem is that I was raised to hate you. And I don't think I've ever seen that in the Bible. So can you help me solve my problem? It was very <laughs> profound. And, and what happened was the two of them became friends. They used to spend time together. They used to visit each other's homes. And, um, and so it was a very, very beautiful exchange of, of uh, really 
honoring the other, the person that so often in our society is objectified for their beliefs or their color or their different culture or their different gender or whatever it may be. So that was very, very profound. Mm. And um, one other can, thing I read, oh, sorry. Can I ask what your response was to the question, why dialogue? <laughs> well, I think, as I said, I think it's a worldview. I think it's an imperative as conscious living beings to be inquisitive, to be curious, to want to find out from other people um, of different cultures. Or, and, and that was my point in the beginning, I think, that even if we're not from different cultures, even if we're all just a band of ISKCON devotees, um, Prabhupada has asked us to honor unity and diversity. So what does that mean? Each one of us is so different in the way we think, in the way we see the world. And, um, you know, complete unity would be so boring and complete diversity would be chaos. And I think it behooves each one of us to find out what, what makes you tick, what inspires you, what's important to you. So I think, yeah, I think it's a, a human imperative or a spiritual imperative uh, you know, so sometimes I feel more kinship or more resonance with people outside of my own tradition than I do with someone <laughs> even within ISKCON who maybe thinks in a monological proclamation kind of a way. <laughs> <laughs> True confessions from Mother Rukmini. <laughs> <laughs> uh, indeed so I wanted to share one other memory that was um, not so much on this topic but was very profound we were sitting at breakfast at that Boston Dialogue and Klaus Klostemeyer we were, I remember at the table there was Radhika Raman Prabhu and this wonderful professor Klaus Klostemeyer and several other brilliant people much more brilliant than I am and um, they were asking about the the Christian traditions, really Vaishnava was inquiring about Christianity. And he said something amazing. He said, you have to understand that the early disciples of Jesus Christ were not Rupa Goswami, Jiva Goswami, Sanatan Goswami. They were fishermen. They were tax collectors. They were simple people. So it was really Amazing to hear that from a, a devout Christian. That, uh, that was Klaus Klostermeyer replied? Yes. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, that was, talk about true confessions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I had a, a, a special moment, which um, I've shared with the devotees, and maybe you'll remember what exactly was the topic, uh, this was uh, maybe three, already two or three years ago in Tirupati, and we were all uh, in the in the room doing the you know the more formal uh, discussions, and it, I really can't remember what the exact point was, and I don't remember the name of uh, the. It was one of the Catholic. Roman Catholic uh, gentleman who said something to the effect, in effect, he was saying, 
it was a bit of a confession from him. He was saying, I'm not sure I really go along with the official Catholic position on this point. And when he said that, it was like we all breathed um, a sigh of relief. And it was like, it was like, oh, yeah, we can actually all of us just be whoever we are. We don't have to, you know, put up a front that I'm some kind of official representative, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it just, uh, in, a, in just a moment, it, it uh, transformed the atmosphere. I mean, it, it wasn't, prior to that, it wasn't a tense atmosphere. It was already um, very uh, congenial. It always was. Uh, and I, I give credit to Anuttama Prabhu for that. He is so expert in kind of setting this uh, upbeat, friendly, uh, and focused mood. But when he said that, then it was like, yeah, actually, we're we're all we're all seekers. <laughs> so beautiful. Was, yeah, I think. Nice. Someone put in the chat the question of what are the biggest obstacles to interreligious communications and how to overcome them. And yeah. I, think, I think you're really hitting, hitting it spot on, Maharaj, because um, Anuchama Prabhu, he does have a very self-effacing worldview and sense of humor. And he, he helps people by his little bit of jokes and uh, he helps people to relax. But it is very important that we're all just, as you said, seekers, we're all practitioners. And um, maybe, um, you know, some of them are maybe heads of seminaries, but they are able to kind of hang up that official hat and just speak as, as seekers and other human beings. And um, one story I wanted to share from that uh, South Indian Christian Vaishnav dialogue was, to me very beautiful was, and, and maybe you can shed light on this one, was that at a certain point, one of the Christians said uh, in a very, again, very self-effacing, very humble way, he said, you know, we Christians talk a lot about love of God, but you Vaishnavas, you have so many details of how to love God with so many rasas and so many relationships. And we don't have that so much in Christianity. And, uh, <laughs> and um, I mean, actually, I should mention that that comment by Klaus Klostemeyer was also very humble and self-effacing about his own tradition. So this mm -hmm. Christian said that. And then one of the Vaishnavs very humbly said, and, and it was a beautiful repartee. It was a beautiful response. He said, yes. We Vaishnavas do have in our tradition many details of how to love God. Um, but we have to learn from you Christians how to better love our brother man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that was very important. And I think these are the moments that where there's really change, where there's really change in the heart when we can, you know, open up our vulnerabilities and, and be willing to be changed. And I, I read that once as a de definition of deep listening, that to be, um, to be, to, to listen deeply and to be willing, be willing to be changed by what you hear. Mm 
So yeah. I think that's a great reward of this kind of dialogue that our, our pre, pre, presuppositions and our prejudices get exploded. Our prejudices get exploded and we were able to see each other as, as souls seeking, seeking God on the path to God. Mm. So that's. Yes. And um, related to uh, something you just said about um, now I forget the phrase you quoted for, with regard to man. Uh, I wanted to say, and also woman. Loving our, loving our brother, woman, loving. Yeah. No, no, that would not be appropriate for someone in the renounced order, but loving our <laughs> brother, man, and for our ladies, loving their brother, women. <laughs> <laughs> their sister, sister, women. Sister, women. Yeah. Um, maybe at some point, Let's see how it goes, but at some point, maybe you want to say something also on that subject of, I know you get it all the time, but women in ISKCON, but you've been quite active, I think, in supporting um, and being taking part in uh, women's, women's groups uh, and so on, retreats in New Vrindavan and so on. But um, a bit more on, on interreligious dialogue. Um, one thing I find missing within our society, this is, uh, how did you put it? Uh, the sort of abs absolutism uh, of one monological, uh, monological proclamation. Monological proclamations, yeah, <laughs> is that uh, we don't find interest among devotees to do some, just some reading, uh, a bit of learning about other traditions. Yeah, it seems as though we, because of uh, fear, it seems to be... Um, like a, a misplaced pride and a fear that maybe we'll be associating with non-devotees or maybe we'll hear something that will um, be upsetting or, or, or shake us up in the wrong way. But I think we're all, we have a, a pole star goal uh, to become at least Madhyama Adhikaris uh, with a great aspiration to become Uttama Adhikaris. And what is the vision of a of a Madhya Madhikari, that they're that they're rooted in their own tradition, and they're able to share their tradition with others, without being um, swept away by something someone might say. So I think a lot of our relationships are really on a Kanista level, and I think that's a big problem. So, in in answer to that question, what are the biggest obstacles to interreligious communications? I would say Kanista thinking. Uh, which is a fearful thinking that I, mm. I, I uh, you know, I, I remember my husband has this story. He met a man from a, a, a certain denomination of Christianity. And this man was saying to him, well, no one really understands uh, Jesus the way we do properly. And my husband was inquiring, this is someone not at a, one of our dialogues, but just sort of a man on the street type of an exchange. And he said, Anutama Prabhu said, oh, so 
you mean only the people in your church understand Jesus properly? And he said, well, no, not everyone in my church, because a lot of people in my church don't understand properly. And he said, Nitama Prabhu said, well, maybe your minister and you understand Jesus properly. And he said, well, no, my minister, he's a little bit off as well. <laughs> so it was like his universe was getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And it, it became obvious that only one person understood Jesus <laughs> in truth, and that was he himself. So I think that, you know, our, our universes can become very, very small. We become suspicious of other voices in ISKCON. We become very suspicious of voices outside of ISKCON. And, um, and so our universes become deprived, I would say. And, and then I look at your example, Maharaj, and I don't want to embarrass you, but I, you know, you're such an important mentor for me because I find you to be so innocently curious and genuinely inquisitive from everyone you hear from every source. And then you can use your own discretion um, what will come deeply into, into the heart. And I was thinking also, as I was thinking about this conversation, I was thinking about you also in terms of, I, I know I tend to be quite eclectic and sometimes to a fault, but I think you give me an example and a, again, a, like a pole star vision that we should drink deeply within our own traditions and really delve deeply within our own tradition studying the books of Srila Prabhupada, studying the Bhagavatam, studying the writings of the Goswamis, and, and deeply drinking from those sources, but also be, be open to resonance that comes from other thinkers, other places. And, you know, I love some of the quotes you share from Martin Buber and from other people. I mean, mm. I, have, I have a book where I write quotes. I could this conversation could go on for a long, long time if we wanted to share quotes. But Do you have the book right there with you? I do. I can share something if you like. Why not? <laughs> okay. Well, um, here's something from Ramanucha Acharya, which is not so far out of our tradition, but Sri Vaishnav Sampradaya. And mm -hmm. he, says, he says, what an individual pursues as a desirable end depends on what he conceives himself to be. So I think that's a really beautiful image that, first of all, um, we have to look at what is, what is our ultimate goal in life and in our Krishna consciousness, and then form a, a conception of ourselves accordingly. Um, can I read one uh, from Kierkegaard about faith? Yes, please. Okay, this is a nice one that I think is maybe a little bit on topic. He says, so of course he was a Christian, an important, he was Danish, right, Maharaj? Yes. Danish. I think Sachinandan Swami calls him the, the uh, I forget, the, the Danish sadhu or something. I forget, that oh. wasn't exactly, <laughs> something like that. But anyway, here, here is what he says. This is about faith. He says, Without risk, there is no faith. Faith is precisely the contradiction between the infinite passion of the individual's inwardness and the objective uncertainty 
if I am capable of grasping God objectively, I do not believe. But precisely because I cannot do this, I must believe. If I wish to preserve myself in faith, I must constantly be intent upon holding fast to the objective uncertainty so as to remain out upon the deep, over 70,000 fathoms of water, still preserving my faith. <laughs> that sounds like typical Søren Kierkegaard, pretty, <laughs> pretty dense stuff, which I think was probably a bit torturous for our translators, but uh, thank you. <laughs> Can you read him in the original language, Maharaj? Me? No, I don't, I don't read Danish. <laughs> oh, okay. But I know he's extremely dense. I have one little book of his, of some collection of things of his from in German, and it's, oh, it's so dense. It might have gotten more dense when it went into German, though. That's possible. But I want to, can I share one more that's not so dense? Okay, please read slowly for our translators. Okay, this one is not so dense, my dear translators. Okay, this is on the topic of honoring the other, I would say. Okay, so learn to turn to each person as the most sacred person on earth, to each moment as the most sacred moment on earth that ever has been given to us. This moment may never happen again because no two moments are ever alike. Are we perhaps awake a bit more, perhaps breathing together with God? That's from someone named Reshad Field. Okay, nice. <laughs> Thank you. Um, have your dialogues been only Vaishnav Christian dialogues? I think there was a Vaishnav Muslim dialogue at least yeah. once. Yes, we have a Vaishnav Muslim dialogue this year because of COVID. We didn't meet, but Anutama Prabhu is trying to arrange something virtual perhaps in December. So that's gone on for about seven years here in Washington, D.C. And um, they are also practitioners. Uh -huh. All are practitioners in these dialogues. Some are also scholars. I think it, it, it goes a little deeper when the participants are scholars as well as part, uh, practitioners. But maybe yeah. I can share a story of one of uh, the members in that dialogue whose name is Samak Yermani. This is a beautiful story. Um, you might have heard about him. He was, a, he was a student at Harvard University, but he was studying um, science, chemistry, head-cracking sciences, and, um, and he was... <laughs> head-cracking sciences. <laughs> yeah, that's... Anyway, so he, um, he was just walking through the divinity school at Harvard one day as a, as a young student, and he happened to see a sign for Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada was speaking in this room, and he looked to his left, and there he saw an Indian sadhu um, sitting on a table in lotus, he said lotus position, sitting on a table. 
and uh, he's from India himself. He's from Lucknow, and he is a Muslim. And he was just stopped in his tracks, and he he was frozen out in the hall, and he couldn't move. And he he began listening to Srila Prabhupada talk, uh, speak from Bhagavad Gita, and. Um, as a as a young boy, his his Muslim father had um, had brought a, a Hindu Brahmin to to their house every morning, so he would learn Upanishads from this Hindu Brahmin every day before going off to school. Mm-hmm. So um, this was his his background, but so he was stopped in his tracks listening to Srila Prabhupada, and he became convinced hearing from Prabhupada that there is deep spiritual truth outside of Islam. So he um, he was there in in the very so then Maharaj you were there at the maybe you could put in the chat uh, there's a, a beautiful event uh, ISKCON at fifty which yeah. was a retrospective at Harvard University that you can find that on the ISKCON communications website so oh. this this man Sana Kirmani came to that event and he was pointing out to all of us there that this is the very room where where he first saw Prabhupada speak 50 years ago. And um, he also came to our ISKCON 50th celebration in Washington. And he, he actually wrote a poem for Srila Prabhupada in Bengali, which is not his language. He wrote a poem for, for Prabhupada in Prabhupada's language. It was like a haiku, very short. And what he said was, he said, I was standing, this is a paraphrase, but he said, I was standing outside i was standing in a liminal space between worlds and you you gave me a flower that is <laughs> that is still blooming uh-huh. so, so beautiful. Nice. and actually once he told us not in a dialogue but once just privately in confidence he said that he said you know i'm a muslim and when I have difficulties in my life, you'd think that I would think of something from Islam, but I don't. I think of Srila Prabhupada. <laughs> 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 and it's very nice because the BBT just um, made an offer, Maharaj, for you, if you know scholars who might be interested also, but the BBT is offering full sets of Srila Prabhupada's books to any academic, any scholar who might like a set of Prabhupada's books. So I just received a, an email back from Sanakirmani, and he said he would be very happy to receive a full set of Srila Prabhupada's books to have in his home. Mm. So that's very nice also. That's <laughs> a little bit from our Muslim dialogue. Well, um, with Muslim dialogue, the question in my mind that immediately comes up is whether there whether some of the discussion has been on the subject of uh, worshiping the deity in the temple and if so how such discussion went <laughs> well i think or if you were carefully avoiding that subject yeah i think the way our dialogues are are couched or formed is that we um, choose topics very carefully that will not be um, you know, lightning rods for the other community. So it's not a, it's not a, um, what's the word? Uh, polemic. It's a dialogue. Yeah. So we try mm-hmm. to avoid those touchy subjects. And we talk about love of God. We talk about um, service to God. These are topics that are very dear to people in the Islamic tradition. 
So yeah, mm -hmm. we, we do consciously try to avoid those hot button issues, which maybe some other ISKCON devotee might to, like to bring to the front, but we don't do that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, w starting with the question, uh, which um, I'm forgetting now who asked, what obstacles are there? I guess the 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 sort of logical next question is, what is your advice for us, for devotees, uh, trying to serve uh, our mission? Um, in terms of attitude, but maybe also in terms of practical things that might be done to uh, to make more of a dialogical culture than a monological culture? Thank you. That's a beautiful question. And I think the answer is that um, uh, we have to give up our false pride and be willing to um, hear from others, be willing to be changed by what we hear. And, um, and uh, you know, I was thinking when you were starting to ask that question, that it's something like going to a family dinner with maybe you know that there's, there could be some cantankerous sort of uncle who's going to be there. <laughs> and it reminds me of this story of um, our friend Yadunath, who um, he's a disciple of Bhakti Charu Maharaj. He's from a Catholic, Italian Catholic family. Yes, and I know him. Do you? He's a, yeah. a professional improv comedian. Yes. And he teaches drama, teaches mm. improv. And he always goes home for Christmas every year to be with his family. And he has one of those uh, cantankerous uncles who likes to fight with him about religion. So his <laughs> uncle's always trying to twist the knife and he's trying to respond in as gracious way as he can. I guess the answer is find common ground, right? To find common ground. But so his uncle's always trying to pick a fight and find something to argue about. And so Yadidnath Prabhu's mother, he said once she just became so exasperated at this and from the kitchen, she comes out and says, it's Christmas. Do we have to talk about religion? <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's quite funny, but really I think the answer is find common ground. I mean, even if you're in Mayapur, like this happened to me once in Mayapur, I was in the Ishodhyan building and I was pushed the button for the elevator. I was on a higher floor and the elevator opened and there was a whole elevator full of people who are diametrically op opposed to the views that I hold about um, Vaishnavi Diksha gurus, et cetera. So mm. there was the, the whole crew of them <laughs> were there in the elevator and I, <laughs> I just looked at them and, and just took a deep breath. And I didn't say anything, but I, I was, should I run away? Should I walk down the five flights of stairs? Or, so I just took a deep breath and got in Hare Krishna and got in the elevator and tried to be gracious. But I think it's about finding common ground, right? And you survived. <laughs> I'm trying to survive. <laughs> you survived the elevator ride. <laughs> finding so, common ground 
nowadays it seems like the the atmosphere is full of divisiveness uh, on all levels, and uh, it seems like it, we it seems like there's no end to it. Yes. Even in America, um, Anutama Prabhu is very involved in um, what they call religious freedom issues. And those have been um, put to one side and then sort of uh, human freedoms, or what do they call it? Uh, personal individual freedoms have become at odds with religious freedom issues. So the people who are trying to support religious freedom are at odds with those who are in favor of of personal freedoms in other ways. So it's very, very divisive. And it, it really seems to be a, a collective unconscious in the world today. So many governments are becoming fundamentalist or reactionary or myopic. And um, what, would, what would your advice be, Maharaj, for all of us? <clears throat> What's my advice? Um, find... Well, I guess my first advice would be hold out hold out the possibility of finding common ground, as you made the point of finding common ground in dialogue, is, um, yeah, first, first of all, recognize that we're all on the same planet. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Start, start with real basics. We're all with our feet on the same, the same pile of dirt. <laughs> Honoring Bhumi Devi as her um, inhabitants. But also I would say um, appreciate, you know, because they're as, as opposed as we are, as, as we may be to another Vaishnava or another human being or another person on the other side of the earth, you know, the um, government's always fighting. But yeah. I, would, I think appreciation is very key. And, um, and so there must be something that we can appreciate about, about the other person. You know, thank you for your lifetime dedication to um, Srila Prabhupada's mission. Or, you know, there must be yeah. something we can appreciate about yeah. the other person. Yeah, there's always, there must be. <laughs> if, there's a... Sorry. If there's not something to appreciate about others, then we may be losing uh, touch with whatever it is that could be appreciated about ourselves. So true. And, and isn't it also so true that the things that push my personal buttons when I meet someone who just meeting them and speaking with them is just like listening to nails scratching on a blackboard, that it's probably <laughs> because I have those faults within myself as well. I'm trying to think, there's a quote from Robert Burns, the Scottish poet, but I don't remember it exactly, but it's something about asking God to <coughs> give me the gift to see myself as others see me. Um, something gift, gift he give me to see myself as others see me. So the things that drive me crazy are probably the things that are my biggest anarthas as well. I don't know if I want to be. I I don't know if I want to see myself as others see me. That might be too much of a shock. <laughs> well, Maharaj, you could ask the people who love you first. 
And yeah, there's a lot, no, but lot of those. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have a whole lot of time left. I'm wondering if uh, any of our devotees online have a question or a comment for Mother Rukmini Devi. Um, please don't be shy. And if you need translation, we can arrange. Anybody, anything? This is your chance. Uh, whoops, what happened? Just lost. Uh, everyone's, we have a shy bunch here. I can Maybe share that's, another story. About, yes, please do. Okay, because you kind of went from interfaith dialogue to the topic of women's issues. And this yeah. is something that ties those two topics together. So one of the um, scholars at our South Indian dialogue is a young Christian woman. Uh, she's a Protestant, not a Catholic, and her name is Gifta. Her first name is Gifta, like a gift. So beautiful. And uh, she is working on her PhD, which she's just about to complete. And guess what her PhD topic is? Mm. Her thesis is that, you won't believe this, but... Her thesis is that the writings of A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada could solve the problems of gender inequality in India. <laughs> <laughs> so perhaps she has more faith in Prabhupada's, I'll use the word egalitarian, which is a bad word for some people in this country. Yeah, so some she people has, are allergic yeah, some people are allergic to that word, but she has maybe more faith in Prabhupada's egalitarian perspectives than maybe some of our own initiated people in ISKCON have. I'm curious, where is she doing her research? So she's in Calcutta, and uh -huh. I put her in touch with the Bhaktivedanta Research Institute. I think that's okay. the an institute. And I can, I can connect you to her on email if you'd like, Maharaj. He's okay. very sincere, very sincere, observant, very reserved young Christian girl from India. Yeah. Uh, we do have a couple of questions. Um, Chitra Karuni, you wanted to ask Rukmini Devi something. Chitra Karuni is in Italy at present. Are you there? Hare Krishna, please accept my humble obeisances, Jai Prabhada. Uh, thank you very much for uh, being our guest. It is wonderful uh, to see you. And uh, we have we don't have so much time, so I will ask my question. Uh, for some couple of years, uh, we are trying to preach in Turkey. And Turkey, as you know, is a Muslim country. And uh, to this teaching, uh, the uh, women, the Matajis are very much attracted uh, to this teaching. 99% are the uh, women which they feel connected. Uh, the problem here, there's no problem, but the thing is that uh, Muslim uh, is a way of living. Uh, like it is, uh, you can see it in your actions also in the social life. So generally the Matajis, they have husbands and they are Muslims, but even if they don't have the faith and if they, even if they don't practice, being Muslim is 
is a sort of identity. So uh, because they are attached to their husbands uh, and also they are very attracted to the teachings of Srila Prabhupada, there is always this uh, problem of how to apply the rules and regulations and how to do the practice. And uh, the question, the question which comes is, uh, can I be Muslim and also practice bhakti yoga at the same time? So they don't want to lose their identity of being Muslim, but at the same time, they want to practice bhakti yoga. So can you please uh, give some very um, practical solutions for this? Mm-hmm. Because uh, strict rules doesn't work for them. Yes. So the externals may be different, you know, they bow down, maybe we stand up and put our hands in the air. So there's so many externals that may be different. But I think bhakti, real bhakti is the dynamic force that can cross all international sectarian borders. Bhakti is the dynamic force. Bhakti is the essence of Srimad Bhagavatam. And we see in Srimad Bhagavatam that bhakti trumps all power or position, or caste, or gender, or color. Did you have community. to use that word? <laughs> <laughs> what? Gender? Trump. <laughs> Trump, yeah, sorry. <laughs> but, um, you know, bhakti is the essential um, principle. And, and I've, I've been involved in some uh, dialogues with Muslim women here in Washington, D.C., and one of my friends who is Indian, who grew up singing the, the songs of Mirabai, she spoke to them and, and sang a song from Mirabai and translated it in, 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 into English in a way that they could appreciate without you know, sectarian jargon or um, sectarian words. And they were, these ladies were all in tears because they could recognize that essential um, dynamic spark of bhakti, which again, sorry, transcends all borders. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So no, you know, no government checkpoint can keep bhakti out because of, um, you know, some sectarian religion. Because bhakti is the essence, and you find that essence in in all religions. I mean, if you read the orthodox writings of the orthodox Christians or the Sufis. Uh, you know, that bhakti is the essence. So I think that's important for us to understand also to not get tangled up in, oh, and actually I want to share one other story. When Prabhupada was in Tehran, um, Atreya Rishi Prabhu asked him, um, you know, because they were doing Harinam Sankirtan, um, but they were singing some Muslim songs and, and, and Atreya asked Prabhupada, wouldn't it be better? I mean, they're chanting the call to prayer. Prabhupada was appreciating the Muslim call to prayer. And Atreya asked him, but Prabhupada, wouldn't it be better if they were chanting Hare Krishna? And, and um, actually, and Prabhupada just looked at him and said, why are you trying to make me sectarian? Why are you trying to make what I'm giving you sectarian? So Prabhupada had a very, very broad vision. And actually, Prabhupada would often, in the, in the early days, he would say, I have not come to turn Christians into Hindus, um, you know, or turn Muslims into Hindus. I have come to teach Krishna, Krishna Bhakti, Krishna consciousness. So I think maybe most, or many Iskand devotees, maybe most of us don't even really believe that. The Prabhupada was saying that, but he didn't really believe that. But <laughs> in fact, Prabhupada was 
teaching something that was non-sectarian. And if we avoid what I would call insider jargon, um, we can speak heart to heart with people of any, deep practitioners of any religion. And just avoid those, um, those landmines, right? There are landmines. We don't have to go right to the landmines. We can um, go to the essence. And I think that's, what, that's a, an imperative for us from Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Be an essence seeker. Be a saragrahi mm. Vaishnava. And I think that's the place of Madhya Madhakaris and moving on to Uttamadhakaris to be a, a saragrahi essence seeker practitioner mm. of bhakti. Yes, an essence grasper. <laughs> grasper. That yeah, grahi, gra literally a grasper. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, um, 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 hey, Mangi Gopi, you had a question. She's my friend. You know Hey, Mangi Gopi? Yes, we met in Mayapur. Oh. <laughs> You'll have to turn on your microphone. No, we're still not hearing. Uh-oh. Uh, Mataji Himangi Gopi is translating, so she should change to English channel. Mataji Himangi uh, Gopi, you can switch to English channel, please. please. In switch. No. Well, I see another question in the chat. Should I respond to that one? Yes, you can go ahead. Okay, so um, Iris is asking, could we share, Maharaj, could you share or could I share something about Govardhan or Kartik, since today is the first day of Kartik. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was thinking that Krishna is wandering all around Vrindavan. He never takes a step out of Vrindavan. He's wandering all around Govardhan with the cowherd boys, and he's, he's just accepting every unique offering that someone might give to him from their hearts. And I think that's a wonderful image of, of on the topic of interreligious dialogue, that, mm. that really God is wandering and he's listening and he's listening to your prayer and he's, he's looking for your offering that's offered in love. And, and, he, and if you're sincere, then he comes to steal your offering. He steals mm. the butter and, as, as he said in the beginning, he steals the butter and he steals the hearts and he steals the clothes of the gopis. And he can steal our, our deepest intentions as he's wandering around Vrindavan and, and the world. He never leaves Vrindavan. So as he wanders around in our hearts looking for some sincere offering. So that kind of reminds me of Govardhan and Karti. Very nice. And uh, so... You're saying that God is a thief? Yes. Uh, <laughs> he is the king of thieves. And I don't know if there's time, but I have the chore us to come here also. There oh. Time. But we, we were going to, I was going to um, bring that next time. Wonderful. <laughs> yes, the chore us to come. <laughs> he is the king of thieves and he can, we can try to imprison him in the dark prison prison cells of our hearts, the dark dungeons of our hearts, and, and try to keep him there forever because yes. he's the king of thieves. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I want to tell everyone also, um, as you may have uh, may have come to appreciate just from uh, Mother Rukmini speaking now, but she is a very powerful public speaker, uh, and she uh, has uh, done a lot of speaking in all kinds of uh, venues, including. Iskan Mayapur, I remember just some months ago, you gave a very powerful Bhagavatam class, um, reminding us of uh, Prabhupada's vision of, uh, of equality, emphasizing that. That was very nice. And um, in so many ways, you're showing, I think, uh, a sort of a fear, fearless, fearless readiness to represent Srila Prabhupada in the best light. And I think that's very valuable. Thank very you, Maharaj. If, if anyone would like to look, I have, I have a, a website and blog, which any of yes. you are welcome to take a look at. It's urbandavy.com. And yeah. you'll find um, workshops and retreats and talks posted yes. there so you can add your email address or just take a peek whenever you like urbandavy.com yes. <laughs> that's the way to be nowadays is urban right <laughs> urban baby yes that's nice yes. yes and on that website is um i saw a very nice interview uh, with Jagannath uh, Kirtanananda's asking you about your experiences with Srila Prabhupada. So many stories. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Maharaj. So I, I recommend. Um, our time has indeed come to an end. My apologies for all of you who may have wanted to ask questions, but I do like to keep the time. And special thanks, of course, to you, Rukmini Mataji. You're so kind to spend this time in your, um, maybe not too early morning. Was it nine o'clock for you? Yes. Starting? Okay. So, and maybe another time we can have you visit us again, and we can take up the this other topic of... <laughs> Uh, which we, we just brushed by carefully. Thank you. Uh -huh. In the mood of fearless compassion. <laughs> so would fearless you be... Compassionate readiness. You said yes. fearless readiness. Fearless readiness. So would you, would you be open to that one of these weeks? Well, in your association, Maharaj, I think it would bring out the best of me and I wouldn't get too gnarly. I don't know how you say gnarly in Polish. But... I don't know how they say gnarly in Polish. <laughs> That's one word I haven't learned yet. <laughs> but I think in your association, it would bring out the best in me, and, and I would be honored. So thank you so much. Okay. And thanks to all of you for joining us. Uh, we do have another surprise guest next Saturday. Krishna willing. Um, <laughs> thank you. Have a wonderful first week of Kartik.
um, if you're making a vow to chant 16 rounds nonstop in the morning, all power to you. And um, in any case, keep well and uh, chant and be happy. Shila Prabhupada ki jai. Ananta Koti Vaishnavarinda ki jai. Nitai Gora Premanande. Thank, thank you, Rukmini Madhaji, for joining Thank you us. so much. What an honor. Do you think we could get a Nuttama sometime? I'll ask him if you can catch him. Um, He's a, he must be super busy. He likes to be busy. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll ask him for you. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Hare 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 Krishna. Krishna.